Hello, and welcome to the Laverne Church of Christ podcast, and thank you for joining us. You can find us at 244 Old Nashville Highway, Laverne, Tennessee, 37086. We hope that any time you are in the area, you will stop by and join us for worship. Our Sunday morning worship is at 9 a.m., with Bible classes following. Our Sunday evening worship is at 6 p.m., and we also have a Bible study on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Our scripture reading this morning will be from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. In our pew Bibles, that's on page 1030. But this I say, he who sows sparingly also will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully also reap bountifully so let each one of a, one so let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work and as it is written he has dispersed abroad he has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Vamos a leer en la escritura segunda de Corintios capítulo 9 versículo del 6 al 15. Y dice: Pero esto os digo, el que siembra escasamente también segará escasamente, y el que siembra generosamente, generosamente también segará. Cada uno de cómo propuso en su corazón, no con tristeza ni por necesidad, porque Dios ama al dador alegre, y poderoso es Dios para hacer que abunde en vosotros toda gracia, a fin que, teniendo siempre en todas las cosas todo lo suficiente, abundéis para toda buena obra. Como está escrito, repartió, repartió y dio a los pobres, su justicia per, permanece para siempre, y al que da semilla, al que siembra, y pan al que come, proveerá y multiplicará vuestra sementera y aumentará los frutos de vuestra justicia, para que estéis enriquecidos en todo para todo liberad, la, la cual produce por medio de nosotros acción de gracia a Dios. Porque la administración de este servicio no solamente suple lo que a los santos falta, sino que también abunda en muchas acciones de gracia a Dios. Pues por la experiencia de esta administración glorifican a Dios por la obediencia 
que profeséis al Evangelio de Cristo y por la liberidad de vuestra contribución para ellos y para todos. Asimismo, en la oración de ellos por vosotros y a quienes aman a causa de la superabundante gracia de Dios en vosotros. Gracias, Dios, por su don infanable. Wisdom and the direction of our shepherds here in calling us every time a fifth Sunday of the month comes to have uh, bilingual worship services so that our English ministry and our Hispanic ministry we're able to come together and, and, and be fully together through the worship service and be one family in Christ. And, uh, you know, I'm absolutely 100% biased in favor of Laverne Church of Christ. I call this the great church, and I mean it with all my heart. I don't believe that there's a better congregation of God's people anywhere on this whole planet. And that is, that is absolutely my conviction, and I hope you share my conviction. I don't say that out of any lack of love for our sister congregations. I love them all, uh, but, uh, but man, my heart is here. And I very much uh, love what we're doing here. And this is a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing. And this is what ought to be done all over the country and all over the world. Anytime that there are uh, people of diverse ethnicity and diverse language that are living together in the same place, it doesn't change the fact that there's only one Jesus and only one gospel and only one church and only one kingdom of God. And this is the undoing of the Tower of Babel. Everything that Christ has been doing since Pentecost is the reversal of the division that came into this world between our various ancestral peoples and their homelands because of sin. Jesus is fixing that. And we're looking forward to all being together in the same glorious heavenly world. And uh, I imagine we'll all be able to understand each other just perfectly. And if we don't understand each other perfectly immediately on day one of eternity, well, we've got endless eons of time to understand and learn everybody's languages. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Ah, good stuff, good stuff. Okay, now I will get into my lesson. We uh, have set aside this day to focus on giving uh, with special emphasis on the Sunday offering, the Sunday collections like we have just taken up together and like we do take up uh, here every Lord's Day. And uh, first of all, before I get into the text, I'm going to be reading 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2 to start off, but you can turn your Bibles there if you'd like to. But our, our elders, uh, David and Phil and Rooster, have, uh, they, they solemnly uh, commanded me to make sure that, that as I spoke today, I gave the elders commendation to this congregation. This emphasis today is not uh, some kind of subliminal uh, passive-aggressive <laughs> effort on the part of the eldership or of the church leadership to say, you all ought to be given more. That's not what this is about. And those of you that pay any attention at all, you know that this congregation, you, us, together, uh, exceed the budget most of the time. And uh, our fifth Sundays when we have this opportunity to give and all of this money goes to local right here in this community and in this nation to, uh, to evangelism and to benevolence in this community and in this country. Uh, and the giving is always absolutely outrageous. Just a tremendous sign of the hand of the Lord upon you all, your hearts, your minds, your families, your household. And I absolutely echo and, and, and join in with our eldership in saying that I am so proud 
and so thankful. And that's one of the reasons why this is the great church. I've worked with five different churches full time. And four out of the five are churches where annually leaders would get up and say, we've got a deficit in our budget. You need to give more. You need to give more to make up for what's been done. Whereas here, the, the wisdom of the leadership, the transparency in our family meetings, everybody here who wants to know how much money is coming in and where that money is going, you know it. It's all right there above board on the up and up. Nobody is pressed to give more than they're capable of giving. Nobody's made to feel bad if you can't give much. This opportunity to anonymously every year say, this is what I can give. And our eldership and our treasurers make the budget based on that. I, I want to not only commend you because the elders want you commended, but I want to commend our elders for that kind of visionary leadership and say, thank you very much. I'm very proud and very thankful and very, very happy to be able to be the uh, English preacher for a congregation with such wonderful and wise men of God. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, says, Now concerning the collection for... Oh, sorry. One more thing. Y'all noticed something, right? <laughs> uh, I'm not at a tall kitchen table anymore up here. <laughs> Thank you to Master Carpenter, Brother David Strickland, for this, for that. Isn't it beautiful? And uh, I'm the first one that gets to preach from this, Sean. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, I couldn't miss that opportunity. Now, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. Now, uh, of course, we ask the question, why? Why do we pass the collection plates every Lord's Day? We pass the collection plates every Lord's Day because of 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, primarily. Now, the Apostle Paul commanded that a pattern that had been established elsewhere was going to also be established in Corinth. And there is an occasional purpose for this. You read in the context here, there's a specific thing. But the principle, the commandment nevertheless is there as the Lord's order in Christian worship, in Christian assemblies, so that the, the financial needs of the kingdom of God can be provided for by the members of the kingdom. And so every first day of the week, we have the opportunity to pass the trays. And I know today that's not the only way that some of you give. Uh, the means have been provided for electronic giving to be done by means of the church website. There's nothing wrong with that. The money doesn't have to clink into the collection plate in order for you to have fulfilled the commandment of God. But God does want us to give attention to how he has prospered us every first day of the week. As we begin the new week every week, God wants us to be taking consideration into how he's providing for us. And we need to be making decisions on how we're going to give back to him in order to show appreciation and, and thanksgiving and also faith in him that he will continue to provide for us like he has done in the past. And so, you know, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some, you know, some exceptions. Maybe you don't give every week because you don't make money every week, and that's okay. But nevertheless, I would urge every one of us every first day of the week to, to give consideration to how God has taken care of us physically and to make decisions about how we're going to give back to him for what he's done. Uh, this is a very important part of our worship. So again, why? Well, because the Lord commands it through his holy apostle. 
And uh, there is so much kingdom work to do that needs financial support. Uh, what is lacking cannot be counted and what is broken cannot be fixed, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And, and otherwise, to interpret that into our modern day English, the problems that need to be fixed are endless. The lack in the world is limitless. Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. Brothers and sisters, the, the work that we, can be, that we can do together as Laverne Church of Christ is literally endless. We'll never run out of good work to do. Not as long as, as, as we wait on the Lord to return again. And so we need uh, to be well funded so that this work can be done. Because we know that, that it's all already God's. Because you are God's. You belong to the Lord. He, he owns you. You're his possession. He created you. You belong to him. And therefore, everything that you have already belongs to him. Jesus said, if anyone would be my disciple, he must renounce all that he has. That, that means that you come to the realization that I belong to Jesus. And everything that I am and everything that I have belongs to Jesus. And therefore, the idea of giving some of this, his wealth that he has loaned me, that he's given me the right to use uh, temporarily in this life, the idea of putting some of that back into the collection plate to support his work, and that ought not to be a difficult thing for us to wrap our mind around. It ought to be something that we just are joyful to do. And so everything that we have and are is already God's. It was and it is and it will be. And we're both grateful and trusting in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 24 through 26, the wise preacher writes, Nothing is better for a man than he should eat and drink, and that his soul should enjoy good and his labor. This also I saw was from the hand of God. For who can eat or who can have enjoyment more than I? For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. In this passage, we see that every good thing that we have to enjoy comes from God. He gives it to whom he wills. If you're blessed, you're blessed because God wanted you to be blessed. You should enjoy it, but recognize the source. In Acts chapter 17 verse 25 uh, the apostle Paul preaching in the city of Athens in the ancient world speaking about God he says nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life and breath and all things everything you have comes from God now I want to spend the last few minutes of the time that I've got here in the book of 2nd Corinthians and I first of all want to focus on 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and look at the example of the Macedonians. Listen to the first few verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. One of the most beautiful passages in the Bible to show us the heart of the Christian giver who really does understand it. All right? The, the ancient church in Macedonia really got it, they really understood. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, hold on there, what did they have? Two things. They had an abundance of joy because of what the Lord Jesus had done for them. 
and they had deep poverty. They weren't just lower middle class. They weren't just Po. All right? You know what Po is if you're from the southeastern portion of the United States. They weren't just Po. They weren't just in poverty, brothers and sisters. They were in deep poverty. That's what the Word of God says. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. There is a deep sense of gratitude that underlies Christian giving the way that it ought to be done. If you don't want to give, brothers and sisters, friends, I beg you not to. If you don't want to give, it's not going to be acceptable to God. If you don't want to give, it's not worship. If you don't want to give, you're not grateful. If you don't want to give, you don't trust Him that He's going to provide for you, that when you give to God, I want to ask you a question. When you give to God, do you feel like you've lost something? Think about it. If you give to God and you feel like you've lost something, then trust, trust is that issue that you need to work on in your life. Before I run out of time, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, how are we to give? Listen to the Word of God. Now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you for I know your willingness, about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. But this I say here are the instructions of the Holy Spirit on how we are to consider our blessedness and to consider how we will worship God when the collection plate passes us on Sunday. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Give a little, you'll get a little. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Give much, you'll get much. This is not the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. God is not saying he's going to make you a millionaire because you're a generous giver. He is saying he's going to make you rich. You work that out. Verse 7, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. 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 
able, listen to these words, God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Brothers and sisters, this is the Word of God. I urge you, give what you will, whenever and however you can. Remember that Sunday collections aren't just any old opportunity to give, but arguably the most important opportunity of all because what you do when that, comple- that collection plate comes to you, literally or figuratively, is one of the all-important five acts of assembled worship we read about in the New Testament. And so in Jesus' name, I urge you, I urge you to be faithful and to be intentional with your giving. I also want to encourage all of y'all, all of us who have made this congregation the most giving and generous church that I have ever been a part of, I want to encourage you to continue in this grace of God that he has put in your heart. And I trust that even with our giving, brethren, I trust that even with our giving, the best is yet to come. And so I know that the best blessings of our good and generous Heavenly Father are yet to come as well. Beloved brothers and sisters, amados hermanos, please be encouraged and continue in this grace. Y esto es a través de la palabra de Dios. Esto es entendiendo que nuestra fuente principal es la palabra de Dios. Y nosotros nos esforzamos por comprender la palabra de Dios. Gracias a Dios por la gran familia, decía nuestro hermano. Somos una gran familia, gracias a Dios a nuestros ancianos, diáconos, ministros, a cada uno de ustedes, hermanos, que se esfuerza, ¿verdad?, por cumplir y hacer la voluntad de nuestro Padre Dios. Pensando en esto, hermanos, eh, quiero que vayamos a tratar tres asuntos. El primero de ellos, hermanos, es, hablando de la ofrenda, hermanos, es un privilegio. Es un privilegio la ofrenda, hermanos. Servir incluso a la adoración, en los actos de adoración, hermanos, es un privilegio. Es una oportunidad que tenemos, hermanos, de servir a nuestro Padre Celestial cada primer día de la semana. Y no solamente cada, día, cada primer día de la semana, también cuando podamos servir en lo que hagamos, ¿verdad? Es un privilegio, hermanos. Nosotros debemos entender que debemos tener esa actitud correcta para con Dios. Una actitud, hermanos, de humildad, una actitud de corazón contrito, de hacer las cosas de acuerdo a lo que el plan de Dios y su voluntad pide, hermanos. La ofrenda, a veces es algo que queremos separar como no es algo material y este, eso yo lo voy a manejar de esta manera. Pero hermanos, hay necesidades de los santos, hay necesidades que se tienen que cubrir. Y esto es parte del plan de Dios, no es algo improvisado, no es algo que, que es al vapor, ¿verdad?, tenemos nosotros entonces que entender que es un privilegio y póngase a pensar hermanos, oramos eh, en, durante el servicio, oramos hermanos y estamos ante la presencia de quién? de Dios hermanos, ante la presencia de Dios y cuando cantamos, cantamos con gracia de corazón a quién, hermanos, a Dios, cantamos hermanos, cuando escuchamos la palabra y somos enseñados a través de la palabra de Dios, bueno, nosotros hermanos nos esforzamos en retener esta palabra, participamos de la cena del Señor haciendo memoria del cuerpo y la sangre de Cristo, Hermanos, cuando llegamos al acto de la cena, de la ofrenda, perdón, debemos tener nosotros la seguridad que estamos también postrados y tenemos que mostrar reverencia porque estamos ante la presencia de quién? De Dios, hermanos. Ante la presencia de Dios y debemos tener ese corazón humilde, contrito, ese corazón generoso, hermanos. Generoso. 
algo que debemos entender generoso y lo vamos a ver en un momento más. Ahora, piense usted, hermanos, ¿cómo es nuestra forma de presentarnos ante Dios como un sacrificio vivo? Como un sacrificio vivo somos agradable a Dios, ¿verdad? Que ese es nuestro culto racional. Es decir, es la clase de adoración que busca nuestro Padre Dios. Que entendamos lo que estamos haciendo porque estamos glorificando a quién. A Dios, hermanos. Glorificando a nuestro Padre Dios. Y debemos ser diligentes, fervientes, hermanos. Realmente hemos hablado de esto, fervientes, diligentes, haciendo las cosas de Dios como Él quiere, hermanos. Eh, a veces eh, esto es... Algo que muchas veces no, no, a muchos no les va a gustar, pero cantamos con muchas ganas. Nos gusta orar las oraciones, pues escuchamos la oración y con atención, ¿verdad? Participamos de, de, de las otras cosas, pero cuando se trata de la ofrenda, sentimos como que, bueno, eso lo voy a, lo voy a calcular, lo voy a pensar. Cuando la Escritura nos dice, hermanos, que debemos hacerlo también con alegría y no con tristeza, no por necesidad, no por necesidad. Hermanos, nosotros debemos entender que estamos buscando obedecer, ¿verdad?, a esta forma de doctrina, obedecer en esta manera a nuestro Padre Dios, obedecer a sus mandamientos, hermanos. Fíjense bien, también el segundo punto a tratar es que es un privilegio ofrendar poniendo aparte, ¿verdad?, y guardando de corazón o atesorando de corazón. Allá en 1 Corintios capítulo 16, versículo de 1 al 3, nos dice que cada primer día de la semana, cada uno de vosotros ponga aparte, ¿verdad? Según haya prosperado, fíjese lo que dice, según haya prosperado, guardándolo para que cuando yo llegue no se recojan entonces ofrendas. Vemos entonces aquí, a través de la palabra, que nos dice que debemos poner algo aparte. Algo aparte y aquí dice guardándolo hermanos, analizando un poquito esa palabra, atesorándolo hermanos, haciendo tesoro, bueno, haciendo tesoros, guardando eso aparte hermanos, según uno haya prosperado. Así que usted está haciendo tesoros, ¿para quién? Para Dios va a guardarlos hermanos. Y esto me pone a pensar hermanos, de, de atesorar esta palabra, de guardar, de que debemos hacerlo alegres pensando que estamos cumpliendo, ofrendando con amor hermanos. Con amor. Y, y nuevamente, hermano, digo, a veces gastamos para otras cosas. Movemos nuestro dinero para las cosas que nos gustan. Pero para Dios, hermanos, cuando Él nos ha dado todo, cuando nos ha dado la vida, la salud, la familia, el trabajo que tenemos, y, y aún así, hermano, nos, día a día nos, nos da esa fuente de trabajo, ¿verdad? Y mejoramos día a día. ¿Cómo no estar agradecidos con Él, hermano? Es un privilegio. Es un privilegio, hermanos, es un privilegio. Hermanos, debemos pensar que estamos haciendo tesoros cuando guardamos. ¿Estamos haciendo tesoros para dónde, hermanos? Para el cielo, hermanos. Estamos haciendo tesoros en el cielo. Estamos buscando agradar a nuestro Padre Dios haciendo tesoros en el cielo, hermanos. Así que lo que hagamos y separemos, hermanos, que sea olor fragante para nuestro Padre Dios. Que sea olor fragante, que lo hagamos con un corazón realmente, conscientes, en amor, hermanos. Que podamos nosotros decir, me desprendo de esto, porque esto viene del corazón y es para las necesidades. Tercer punto, hermanos. Es un privilegio ofrendar generosamente, hermanos. Con propósito y alegremente. Tiene que haber un propósito, hermanos. Así como tiene usted su corazón dispuesto a reunirse, desde antes que viene, eh, eh, va a reunirse eh, eh, en, en estos días, el domingo, el día que nos reunamos, pero en especial este primer día de la semana, usted su corazón ya está acá, hermanos. Desde antes está, o debe estar, su corazón. 
¿Para qué, hermanos? Porque usted está seguro y va, está consciente que va a venir a las cosas de Dios. Usted debe prepararse, hermanos, para cumplir con la adoración que nuestro Padre Dios pide, ¿verdad? Debe prepararse. Dice ahí, hermanos, la Escritura eh, en especial, en 2 Corintios capítulo 9, versículo 6 al 8, por esto digo, el que siembra escasamente, también segará escasamente, y el que siembra generosamente, generosamente también segará. Cada uno de como propuso en su corazón, no con tristeza ni por necesidad, porque Dios ama al dador alegre, y poderoso es Dios para hacer que abunde en vosotros toda gracia, a fin que teniendo siempre en todas las cosas todo lo suficiente, abundéis para toda buena obra. Miren lo que dice, que esto que se está utilizando hermanos, es para abundar, ¿verdad? Es para las obras, pero sobre todo que Dios nos da lo suficiente. Nos da lo suficiente para que esto sea posible hermanos. El que siembra generosamente hermanos, bendiciones, generosamente segará bendiciones. Cuando usted se desprende hermanos. Es increíble que usted se desprenda de algo material, ¿verdad? Pero que esto vaya a ser usado en algo espiritual. Nos deja claro el plan de Dios. En segundo término está lo material. Y lo primero, hermanos, está lo espiritual. Lo primero está en agradar a nuestro Padre Dios. Yo me esfuerzo en hacer la voluntad de Dios. Yo me esfuerzo en cumplir eh, con los actos de adoración. Yo me esfuerzo en adorarle a Dios como Él quiere, en espíritu y en verdad. En espíritu y en verdad. Hermanos, el que siembra generosamente con bendiciones, segará generosamente. Porque obviamente, hermanos, Dios nos da, hermanos, de acuerdo a, a, a lo que eh, tenemos necesidad, es nuestra providencia, hermanos. Es necesario, importante que reflexionemos y pensemos de que pidamos a Dios que nos dé lo que necesitamos. No lo que queramos, hermanos, lo que necesitamos nada más. Lo que necesitamos y, y que nos ayude, ¿verdad?, a nosotros cumplir con los propósitos que Él tiene, como esto, este, este punto especial, ¿verdad?, hablando de la ofrenda, este punto de oración, hermanos. Debemos dar, hermanos, de acuerdo a lo que se propuso, hermanos. Se propuso, se propuso, se propuso, propuso de antemano, hermanos, propuso de antemano, ¿verdad?, en un momento dado, de corazón. Tú planeaste esto. Con tiempo, lo buscaste, esto es lo que voy a separar para mi Padre Dios. Separamos para muchas cosas, hermanos, muchas necesidades que a veces hay en la casa. Pero tenemos que pensar, busca primero el reino. ¿Qué es lo primero que tenemos que pensar, hermanos? En las cosas de Dios. En quien nos provee, hermanos. Nos provee. Dios nos da en abundancia para que nosotros podamos ayudar generosamente en toda buena obra. Así que decía nuestro hermano hace un momento, ¿verdad? Que hay actividades en la congregación que se están haciendo, Gracias a nuestros ancianos nuevamente, ¿verdad? Que se esfuerzan también en, en llevar, ¿verdad? Dirigir, pastorear, ¿verdad? A la Grey. Y le damos gracias, hermanos, que, que todos en conjunto hacemos el trabajo, hermanos, para nuestro Padre Dios, agradándole las actividades que hacemos. Pero, ¿cómo sería posible eso si no tenemos eh, la fuente, hermanos, para trabajar en eso? Bueno, las necesidades se suplen gracias a la ofrenda, gracias al esfuerzo, gracias a que te desprendes. Y hace es posible, ¿verdad?, que esto continúe sirviendo. Mi hermano, la iglesia no es, un, no es un banco, ni tampoco es enriquecernos nosotros, hermanos. No es así, hermanos. Tenemos que entender que esto lo hacemos por amor a quien, hermanos, a nuestro Padre Dios, porque necesitamos de Él, porque estamos agradecidos con Él, y lo hacemos con alegría, mi hermano. Decía mi hermano ahorita, con alegría. 
Vamos, hermano. Está enojado, hermano. Sonrisa, hermano. Alegría. Desprendas, hermano. Porque lo que está haciendo para, para el trabajo de esto, que se va a utilizar eso es para los santos, para las necesidades, hermanos, que hay de la iglesia. Que lo que demos de corazón, hermanos, sume a nuestra cuenta, o mejor dicho, a nuestra deuda. ¿Verdad? Porque estamos en deuda, hermanos. Tenemos un padre amoroso, ¿verdad? Que dio a su hijo, ¿verdad? Y pagó por nuestros pecados. Somos comprados por su sangre. Estamos en deuda, hermanos. Estamos en deuda. Así que pensemos en esto, hermanos. Debemos ofrendar dando con libertad, amando a nuestro Padre Dios. Recuerde pasajes aquellos como allá en Marcos capítulo 12, versículo 30 y 31, que nos dice, amarás a Dios, al Señor tu Dios, con todo tu corazón, con toda tu alma, con toda tu mente y con todas tus fuerzas. Este es el principal mandamiento, pero si el segundo, amarás a tu prójimo como a ti mismo. No hay otro mandamiento mayor que en esto. ¿Cómo podemos nosotros amar a Dios si no amamos a nuestros hermanos? Pues para las necesidades de los santos, hermanos, ahí estamos cumpliendo esto. Podemos amar a Dios y amar a nuestros hermanos, sí, hermanos. Dice la Escritura, y en especial en palabras de David hacia Dios, hermanos, allá en Primera Crónica, capítulo 29, versículo 11 al 13, dice, las riquezas y la gloria proceden de ti, y tú dominas sobre todo. En tu mano está la fuerza y el poder, y en tu mano el hacer grande y el dar poder a todos. Ahora pues, Dios nuestro, nosotros alabamos y lo amamos tu glorioso nombre. Amén, hermano. Nuestro Padre Dios, hermanos, debemos glorificarlo con nuestros actos, con hechos, hermano, no solamente con palabras. Recuerde que adoramos nosotros y adoramos en espíritu y en verdad, guardando los mandamientos, hermanos. Y cierro con esto, hermanos. Dios no necesita tu dinero, mi hermano. Dios no necesita tu dinero. Dios necesita ver tu corazón que se desprende, hermanos, alegremente, con liberalidad, por las necesidades de los hermanos, de la gran familia de la fe, hermanos, de la gran familia de la fe. Se esfuerzan en desprenderse por apoyar en las actividades, hermanos. Dios no necesita tu dinero. Necesita ver tu corazón, tu humildad, tu agradecimiento, tu alegría, tu gozo cuando te desprendes. Porque Dios nos ha dado todo, hermanos. Decía un hermano, me decía un hermano hace unos días, Dios me tiene bien consentido. Lo que le pido me da. ¿Cuántas cosas no nos ha dado, hermanos? ¿De cuántas cosas no nos ha sacado nuestro Padre Dios, hermanos? ¿De cuántas situaciones no nos ha dado una oportunidad? Tenemos que estar agradecidos, hermanos. Es un privilegio adorar a nuestro Padre Dios que nos ha dado su amor y su misericordia, hermanos. Recuerde que nuestro Padre Celestial dio a su Hijo unigénito, hermanos, por quien fuimos rescatados y comprados por su sangre preciosa, para que todo aquel que cree tenga vida eterna. Así que nosotros pensando en esto, hermanos, tenemos, tenemos una deuda, hermanos, y es una oportunidad y un privilegio, hermanos, demostrar nuestro amor y obediencia a Dios, demostrar nuestro amor y obediencia a Dios a través de la ofrenda de corazón. A través de ofrendar, hermanos, realmente con sinceridad para las necesidades. Así que, mi hermano, ofrende, haga cumpla con este acto también. Ofrende con corazón, con un corazón, con propósito, hermanos. Alegre, bondadosamente a nuestro Padre Dios. Que Dios los bendiga, mis hermanos. Y que sigamos haciendo la voluntad de Dios 
y que lo que hagamos sea olor fragante y glorifique a nuestro Padre Dios día a día. Que Dios nos, nos bendiga y nos ayude, ¿verdad?, a hacer su voluntad siempre, agradándole. Y que podamos continuar este camino hasta que Él nos llame a su presencia. Que Dios me los bendiga, mis hermanos. We seldom speak of the contribution from the pulpit, and I think there are a variety of reasons for that, some of which are obvious, but I think also it's a concept that is easy to understand. It's a personal decision, and quite honestly, it's an honor to complete. We make a small weekly sacrifice to fund the mission that Jesus gave, gave us in Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19. Rara vez hablamos de contribución desde el púlpito, ya que el principio de dar es fácil de entender. Una decisión personal y un honor para completar. Hacemos un pequeño sacrificio semanal para financiar la misión que Jesús nos dio en Mateo capítulo 28, versículo 18 y 19. If you're visiting with us today, please understand that giving is the responsibility of the membership here. We return a small portion of what God has given us because of the great responsibility we have to spread his love, his mercy, and most importantly, his salvation. Si nos visitas hoy, comprenda que dar es responsabilidad de los miembros aquí. Devolvemos una pequeña parte de lo que Dios nos ha dado por la gran responsabilidad que tenemos de difundir su amor, su misericordia y lo más importante, su salvación. So while those who are not members are not compelled to give monetarily, God has a will for you to sacrifice in another way. By recognizing your need for redemption, by acknowledging the sin in your life, by striving to serve for him, by denying yourself, and by having a heart of bravery to express and speak of your faith. And finally, by submitting to baptism, so that your sins will be cleansed and your life in the church can begin. Entonces, mientras aquellos que no son miembros no están obligados a dar dinero, la voluntad de Dios es que usted se sacrifique de otra manera, al reconocer su necesidad de redención, al reconocer el pecado en su vida, decidiendo esforzarse por él, mientras te niegas a ti mismo, al tener el corazón de valentía, para hablar de su fe y al someterse al bautismo para que sus pecados sean limpiados y su vida en la iglesia pueda comenzar. In Romans the 5th chapter verses 15 through 18 Paul writes of the gift of God five separate times. On three of those occasions he describes the gift as being free. Verse 18 reads, Therefore as through one man that's Adam Through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man, Jesus, the righteous act of the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. En Romanos capítulo 5, versículo 15 al 18, hermano, nos dice, Pablo escribe sobre este don de Dios cinco veces. En tres ocasiones dice que el regalo es gratis, hermanos. En el versículo 18 dice, por tanto, como la transgresión de uno, hablando de Adán, 
vino el juicio a todos los hombres para condenación, así también la justicia de uno, hablando de Jesús, vino a todos los hombres la dádiva para la justificación de vida. So if you're not in Christ, your sacrifice can begin today. It should begin today. This very hour by accepting this free gift. This morning your life can receive justification like we just read about in the book of Romans. I want to quote someone who I didn't have a chance to talk to before this, so um, we have our newest brother in Christ, Cody Bourne, with us this morning. And on Thursday, he said these words, I'm going to the men's Devo today, and when I leave, I will be in Christ. If you, leave in, if you leave today, you can leave in Christ. And in just a few moments, we're going to stand and sing to encourage you to come forward and do just that. Amigo, si no estás en, en Cristo, tu sacrificio puede comenzar hoy. En esta misma hora, aceptando este regalo gratuito. Esta mañana tu vida puede recibir justificación, como acabamos de leer. Como nuestro hermano reciente, hermano Kobe Ward, Cody Ward, dijo el jueves, hoy voy a la demostración de hombres, cuando me vaya estaré en Cristo, hermanos. ¿Saldrá en Cristo hoy usted? Si es así, pasa al frente mientras nos ponemos de pie y entonamos un canto. Won't you come? We'll stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this message from God's Word. If you have any questions, please email them to us at office at lavernecoc.org. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.